Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Wayme After Dark. It's, Not really. It's like Wayme at Dusk. Yeah. Uh, let's get the, the real talk here. Go for oh, it. Oh, okay. The yeah. real talk is we fully intended on recording a podcast today. Um, and we, the day got away from us is all that happened. Uh-huh. And so then normally I would say, let's just push it tomorrow. Let's, let's record first thing. But guess what happens tomorrow? We are, is a travel day. I'm not telling you where, I'm not telling you how, I'm not telling you why, but we will be traveling tomorrow, which means that I was like, you know what? Let's pour ourselves a little mini glass of Savvy B. Just like a it's more like, like chill. Little, it's just us chatting So about if it's just like business, a more chill vibe, like a, a lush lo-fi vibe around here, that's <laughs> it, you know? Take it down a notch, Jason. You know, Jason. sometimes we like to bring like the caffeine vibe where like we're like- Like last week, that and, was me. Yeah, it's like yeah. business and like, yeah, let's get, let's get your day started. And then other times you might be like, you know what? These two are just too upbeat for me. Yeah. And if that's you, this episode you're going to like because we're just going to be chill. Also, if we uh, if we're coming across as too chill, then oh. just like one point two x. Oh wow, they brought the energy. <laughs> Do you know this about myself? I talk faster than the average person. Anyone who has tried to listen to us on one point five or two x is laughing right now because yeah. I get going and I listen to myself. We we use this app Marco Polo with our friends to like give them travel travel updates while we're gone. Yeah. And you can you can fast forward or you can change the speed. Yeah. I listen back to myself Don't, on 1.5 extra. It's impossible. Yeah. It's honestly impossible. Yeah. I'm just a fast talker. So Shout out to my fast talker. The, the caveat there is that this episode, it, there's the energy might be different, but hey, we're going to still bring the heat. Like we still got a lot of really good stuff that we're yeah, sharing. The words are going to be good. It's just the tone's going to be low. I don't know. I still out. feel like I've got heat. I've got heat to give. You know? You're in heat. I'm in the Miami heat uh, right now. Uh, all right. So let's talk about the Pramvel, our little travel update here. Thank you to everybody who keeps emailing us and saying, please keep the Pramvel. The Pramvel is the best thing ever. I've never heard anything better on a podcast. No one said that last one, but <laughs> it'd be nice if up. you did. Uh, but we like sharing our little updates here. So where we last left you in last week's episode, we had arrived in Dublin. Yes. We had stayed in Dublin for 48 hours. We rented a car. Yes. We drove on the left side of the road. Say we left. Say went left. Through Thirty-three roundabouts successfully. No, no, no. I think when we left off, we had just gotten the rental car. Really? We didn't even tell them about the driving. Really? Someone will correct us. I'm not okay. sure, but I'm well, pretty sure. I don't think we talked about stopping in Cashel. I don't, I don't remember us talking did. about that. So okay. let's talk about that. We'll start there. So we picked up our rental car, went through 413 roundabouts, didn't have to go through an extra cycle. We got off at the right exit of every roundabout, which is fantastic. Thank you so much. Google Maps. Oh, wow. Gosh. Could not yeah, do it without yeah. it. But you found this little town, Cashel, where there is a castle, which we did not see. Mm-hmm. It's about halfway between Dublin and our destination. And so we thought it would be smart to break up the drive and kind of stop, be able to stretch our legs and, and grab why, a bite to eat. And why eat. would we need to do that? Let's share honestly and truthfully. We would also need to do that because, again, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I, Caroline, am someone who struggles quite a bit with anxiety. Yeah. And this entire trip, this year-long trip, is such a good experience to just <laughs> work through that, yeah. okay? Because you're being put in all kinds of uncomfortable situations. And a definitely the planes and taking planes quite a bit was was like at the top of my list of things that were stressing me out about this year. But a very near second was the idea of driving because yeah. driving already gives me anxiety. I also have an eye condition that is just, it's a known thing that if you have this eye condition, it's also driving can be, can exacerbate it, which spurs anxiety, but, um, driving, but then also driving in a country I've never been to before on the opposite side of the road. Yeah. All of that felt terror inducing. That's not even an exaggeration, terror inducing to me. However, I will say we got in the car at the pick up the rental. Yeah. And I was obviously disoriented because I'm sitting in the drive, the, the side that I'm used to being the driver, but I'm in the passenger. Right. 
And Which, I had, just to catch everybody up on the past couple of years of our life, you have not been driving much at all. Right. It just has not felt safe for you, and right. you just haven't felt comfortable. So we would do like little trips around the neighborhood, and I had a dental thing. We, we talked about that in a preview. You had to drive and do that, and that was a lot. So I think it, there is going to come a time in my life where I really get better at it. And well, I, we're going to probably, when we have kids, we're going to need yeah. to drive. I'm I, was, not I think be about able this to, often. I'm like, we can't be a yeah. one-driver family. but Or we just get a butler. Can we? I would. I'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I will say I'm proud of I'm proud of both of us because I did have this moment where I'm sitting in the car and I'm like, sitting here for longer is only gonna create more panic. And so I very much had this moment of like, it's time for just a leap of faith. So we originally we had talked about maybe like doing a couple laps around the parking lot and just getting comfortable. There was none of that. It was yeah. just like we were off to the races. And then before we knew it, we were on a major street and I was navigating and I was like, oh, we're doing this. Oh, yeah, we're doing yeah. this. Oh, we're doing this. Yeah. And I'm on the different side of the car that I'm used to. Can we tell them um, our coping mechanism, which oh, was... Oh, yeah. We, you just immediately get your Bluetooth connected and you turn on Enya. And you go through her entire discography, of we, which she has sold 80 million records. Congratulations to you, Enya. I looked it up. This is my secret. Enya just lowers my brush, blood pressure immediately. And so we listened to Enya the entire drive. Yeah. It was lovely. Okay, so let's get us to Cashel. So we stopped in Cashel, which was halfway. Wait, so I just wanted oh. to like close the loop on that, which oh. is, I will say, the first 30 minutes of the drive, I will say, was very scary. Yeah. Um, but once we kind of like made it to the motorway and which is a highway over which here, which is the hi- yeah. what we call the highway over here, I felt more comfortable and I definitely just kind of breathed through it. And then I think it was a big exercise in trusting you also and being like, Jason's got this. And I also want to commend us as a team on navigating. Yeah, a lot of good communication. A lot of good communication. Yeah. A lot of you checking in with me and saying like. Am I far enough away from this truck? Are you okay? I'm going to overtake. Are you ready? Hold on to your hats. Yeah. yeah. And so anyway, I think I think it was a really good um, experience. And because overall. we rented a Ferrari, it was very easy to overtake all the cars on the highway. <laughs> and by imagine? a Ferrari, I mean a Toyota hybrid, which has almost literally zero uh, acceleration. Same, same. Same, same. Uh, yeah, so, so so we got to Cashel. So Cashel st- uh, ate at this delicious, cute little restaurant called Bows & Co., I think. Something like that, so yeah. So cute. Uh, and then journeyed on to our final destination, which is, tell the people. Where we have been uh, and really, really loved is Kinsale. Kinsale. So this is a, a little nautical town. On the southern coast of Ireland in County Cork. And it was southeast of yeah. Ireland. Yeah. Uh, if you want to look it up on a map, you can check it out. Our friend, our uncle Rick Steves has been here. You can watch him talk about this part of Ireland, which is lovely. It's just this like adorable harborside fishing town yeah. that has a really charming little downtown with tons of small businesses. And then what we would later come to find out is apparently it's known as the gourmet capital of Ireland. Yeah. We're going to save a bunch of our food stories for next week because we have a a couple adventure stories to share and then just like getting acclimated to the best Airbnb we've ever stayed at in our entire lives, In our entire which we need to share that story. So let's get you there. So we we're, we're driving down, we're getting ready. One of the unknowns Yes. Of driving down as well was we hadn't paid for the Airbnb, which those of you who've ever stayed in Airbnb, you always pay ahead of time. You book it through the app. You have all this stuff set up. Not only had we not paid, we had canceled our previous other reservation at a different Airbnb. So let me take you through the story very quickly for those of you who just love knowing all of our Pramble details. We're here. Yeah, we're chill. chill. Uh, So we had a place booked and it was actually up in another part of Ireland. Completely different. Full different part over by Galway, if you know Ireland. Sure. And I just, there was something in me in my mind that was like, just check Airbnb and zoom out on the country of Ireland and just see if there's anything else. Because it was perfectly delightful. But if we're doing one year of travel, the place place on Airbnb, I just was like, I want to stay at places that are weirder, that are more unique. I think it was also a a product of the fact that we had been in Lisbon for a month. Yeah. And I think you wanted something to really look forward to. Yeah. And not that the places in Lisbon, if you've watched our Lisbon recap video, which is up now on our YouTube channel, you can check that out. You can see the Airbnbs we stayed at. I just, I really wanted something that just felt like this is really wild and different and unique. And Mm -hmm. that other place that we had booked was not those things. It was just very normal. And it was fine. So anyway, I start looking. And after about a half hour of searching through a ton of different Airbnbs, I find the Dock House. I'm stunned. And I look at the calendar and the dates are open. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then Then I look at the price and I go, oh, this is like 
four times our budget. <laughs> and I, was, I, I just had this, this moment where I was like, just send it to Caroline. We can just ogle over it. Because just so you know, I'm the budget keeper. You are the budget keeper. Trip now, and- I also knew looking at the price, it was just too much. Right. Like There was no way I was going to... But you were very smart, yeah. which is like what a child would do if Thank they were you. trying to get their parents on board, yeah. is they would really try to sell them on the dream Look first, at this cookie you know? jar. Can we take this cookie jar home? It's yeah. full of cinnamon like, rolls. Oh, guys, I promise I will take care of this dog every day. Yeah, so I, I sent you the link. We're literally across the uh, the Airbnb in Lisbon. It's like a week before we're supposed to leave to, to come to Ireland. And I just, I we love to do this thing in our lives where we'll send the other person like a text message basically. And you just go, huh. And you wait for them to yeah. go, oh, wait, there's a text. I need to look at something. And, and I'm just look. going, huh. And then you look and I, I know that you've seen the link and you go, Huh. And <laughs> it's a silly thing. Now I've got you hooked. The puppy yeah. is in your hands. Yes. There's no way you're returning. You're getting it. that puppy. And you're clicking through the photos and you're also now going, okay, this is amazing. This is. And then I look at the price and, and I'm then, like, oh, no, 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 yeah. sir. So then I said, okay, but I have an idea. Mm-hmm. And my idea was, I'm just going to message the host. Mm-hmm. It's open. It's because a week from now. Exactly. By the way, yeah. our, we were about to be there a week. Yeah. And it was still available for this date. So I just, you know, knowing that Ireland is not a hotspot for tourism in the winter because it's very windy, it's very cold, not a lot of people are coming here, even though it's been absolutely fantastic. We'll talk about that later. Joke's on you. Um, So I said, I just want to send a message, and I just want to be honest and say, here's our budget. We're two people. We're going to take great care of your home. We're not partiers. We're not doing any of that. Like The craziest thing we're going to do is crack open a bottle of Savvy B and watch some Netflix. And record a podcast, apparently. And here's the price that we can pay, and if you do not want to offend you whatsoever, just being honest that we would love to stay at your place and whatever. Your thought was... I was almost embarrassed that you were going to send it because I was like, that he's going to be offended. The host of the place. The host of the place will be offended. This this budget that you're sending him is so wildly lower than what he would make on this place that I thought it would offend him. I was embarrassed. And I if it was me, I wouldn't have done it. And what, and and what did joke, I remind you of? The joke is on me because Jason's motto that he lives by is, you don't get what you don't ask for. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a little bit of probably some like... I don't know, maybe growing up male versus growing up female there, which we can unpack. But you know, again, you were doing it and it wasn't like, this is what I deserve. It was like this, it was like, what's the worst that could happen, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And waited patiently for about 24 hours Got a reply. He uh, haggled a little bit on the price, but it was not, it was within, not as much as I thought. Not as much as I we thought, thought. If he was going to come back with the price, it would, it would be, like be in the middle yeah. or something. Yeah, it wasn't, and we were like, "We'll take it. We'll take it." Now, but here, this sketches you up. Where I was saying, we're driving here. We okay. haven't paid. We haven't booked because it because he says. Um, yeah, I'm not going to, like, I, I can't figure out how to send you the link. Just come here and I'll meet you and yeah. you can just Basically, like send me he, the money. He didn't know how to send like a custom offer through Airbnb, right. which just goes to show you that it's just like this place. I don't know if it's amongst many that they have, but just they don't necessarily mess around with people. So we had things. to cancel our other place, yep. which thankfully it was free cancellation. Yep. So it was fine. Cancel our other place and then drive to this city, which we had not even heard of yep. a week prior and just cross our fingers and hope that this person yeah. was going to make good on their word and not be like, just kidding, my family's in town, we're all staying here, you don't have a place to the stay. The night before, I think two nights before, I was like, okay, I uh, haven't heard from him on an address, so I don't exactly know where we're going. Although you can find it on Google Maps very easily because it's a very recognizable home. But we don't know how to get in. Like, There's always like a code right. or whatever. And so I'm like sending a message like, hey, um, for our passenger locator form getting into Ireland, we need an address, which is like, you know, just like kind of like throwing in there. This is the day before our flight. Yeah. Yeah. This is the day before. So he sends through, there's like a, they have a whole website for the house. So that's great. Like, okay, good. Like we're good to go. So we show up, we have the instructions, we pull into the gate of the place, which is like a very precarious way to get in. Uh, we walk into the house and it is just breathtaking. It's a dream. It's amazing. And I will link it up in the show notes to the Airbnb listing so you can check through the photos and you can see it all. Um, Our design style is very much modern leaning, so yes. it might not be everyone's taste. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but for us, we really love unique architecture. We like modern architecture and we really love just views and glass. And the most stunning part about this uh, design is that the entire side of the entire of of the house is all these huge slider doors that are made of glass and so you just can sit and look out over the harbor and you can see everything yeah it's been amazing and just the difference between lisbon where we had a view of nothing ever 
to this is like a view all the time, 100% right. of the time has just been, it's very different. But I can also tell that we very much recognize when we got here, like this is a requirement, not like this type of amazing view in this type of home, but just having a view of nature yeah. is a requirement for us because it fills up our souls. Like I can totally. just feel every morning. I feel different here 100%. when I can see nature and when I can like be connected. So especially me as someone who I'm a highly sensitive person. And as much as I loved Lisbon and we'll go back probably many more times in our life because yeah. it was that wonderful, but living in a city, I pick up on the energy of that around me. It's the same reason I don't love to go to New York city or like big cities. Yeah. It just makes me vibrate. It yeah. feels like being here is the opposite for me. I feel very grounded. I love like, you, you almost become a part of the nature landscape, meaning you start to figure out the patterns of the animals and the birds that visit each day and the dogs that walk, you know, at the same time every day. And like, you just start to feel like you're a part of everything. Yeah. And it's very, it's just fill Like you said, it fills you up. Yeah. So we, uh, when you, by the time you're listening to this, we will not have it out yet, but we are going to do a full video recap of Kinsale mm -hmm. and we have a full tour of the Airbnb that we do a walkthrough because there are plenty of photos on the Airbnb site, but it's a whole different thing to like actually be walking through in a video. So look forward to that. Uh, but one of my favorite things is there's this picture window and there's a chair by it with an ottoman and it looks right out over the harbor and the water. And this is where we experienced what we had had a little bit of in Dublin, which was four seasons in a day, mm -hmm. but truly we had it. So I think this is like one of the first couple of days that we were here. It hadn't really rained that much. Well, let me just start by saying what my perception as someone who's never been to Ireland, yeah. my perception of Irish weather, especially in February, was that it was just going to be probably like, it was kind of like Seattle. I thought it was going to be gray and foggy and rainy like, all, the all the time. Yeah. And I just thought it was going to be very consistently gray. Yeah. How wrong I was. It has been sunny pretty much every single day that but we've been here. But not only has it been sunny, it has it changes right. 12 exactly. times in a day. Exactly. So like so this day that I'm telling you about is a perfect example. So I wake up, I make my coffee, my AeroPress, I'm sitting, I'm enjoying this view, I'm watching the sunrise, minimal clouds in the sky. Beautiful sunrise over this this mount or little hill that's across the water. 10 minutes, I take a photo because I'm just like, this is great. I want to remember this. 10 minutes later, I'm not kidding. I have the timestamp on my phone. It's snowing. <laughs> I, first of all, we're from Florida and California. We do not see snow. We have not seen snow very much in our lives. It starts snowing. It's magical. I go out on the balcony. I'm just like a little kid. You I'm were like, such a little I'm kid. Filming, and I go, I, I have to wake Caroline up. Like yeah. It's like 8.30 in the morning and you're sleeping and I'm like, this is treacherous. First of all. It was eight o'clock because I was on an eight thirty wake up schedule. I want to be very clear about 945, that. 9.45, I go downstairs. You <laughs> so always do this thing where you want to believe that I wake up later. It's eleven fifteen and I decide time to wake up again. So anyway, I go downstairs and I I take the risk. You I take wake the risk. You up. And it is a risk. Yes, for it, sure. It is. Yeah. Because I'm not a morning person. Yeah. And I need my sleep. And you said for for this. It's I worth shall it. wake her up. It's worth it. And you did the right thing. So I gently rub your shoulder and I'm like, hey babe, you're gonna want to wake up. It's snowing. And I immediately felt like a that that Christmas dream that I yeah. had never been able to attain living in Florida because it doesn't snow there of like, I'm immediately transported to Christmas where you're waking me up and saying that it's Christmas yeah. and that it's snowing outside. And it felt so magical. The, the bedroom that we were staying in is again, floor to ceiling windows. And so I can see it yep. falling to the ground in these big chunks. Yeah. And it, it and, started and, as just like a little flurry and yeah. then it was like big old snowflakes. And then before you know it, the whole ground is dusted in white yep. and it felt so magical. You went, went out onto the deck that's overlooking the Harbor yep. and you were just like a little kid. Oh, you I'm like, like couldn't putting believe my it. hand out and putting my tongue out it's just it's so amazing and here's the the crazy part about it is one hour later yeah all the snow is gone it's sunny and it's warm again warm again and i know that folks who like live in denver colorado have experienced this before but like we've never lived anywhere where we've had such drastic changes in one day of yeah. weather and since we've been here now we have seen this multiple times like even this morning we walked to go get the windiest stormiest day we've had it's yet. hailing in your face hailing like in i your got face. video of it like hailing in your glasses by the time we got back and like got unbundled from all of our layers, it was sunny. <laughs> the most blue sky, no cloud day. Yeah. So the weather has been its its own adventure since we've been here, but it's also been kind of fun. It's such a delight. Like, yeah. I think if you would have asked me, like I said, if you could ever live in Ireland before this, I would have immediately ruled it out based on my perception of the weather. But now, and again, we've only been here for two weeks, so maybe it's different throughout the whole year. And maybe I would feel differently if this was December or something. Yeah. But the fact that it changes so much is actually like kind of... 
fun and delightful to me. Um, I mean, it makes planning the day difficult, yes. but it's kind of a fun thing of rolling the dice every day. Um, and I've just, I've just enjoyed it so much. So one of the things that we have also very much enjoyed is there's a little farmer's market every Wednesday yes. in downtown Kinsale. And we accidentally drove by it. So we were... Yep, we coming back from the gym. Yeah, we had actually joined a gym uh, at like a local hotel, which I give you a lot of credit for doing Thank this you. research and finding so that we also, could have a... sidebar, had no idea that the hotel that I found this leisure center, as they call it, is this stunning, like almost luxury hotel that's yeah. up on a hillside. So we like navigate to the, just type in the name of the gym. We navigate to the gym. We park, <laughs> we look out the window and it's like the most stunning view. It's, yeah. it's completely separate from the town itself. Um, so yeah, travel hack is just reach out to local leisure centers and ask if you can do a rate for a month. Yep. And Or a couple of weeks or whatever. Or a couple yeah. weeks or whatever. Again, you don't get what you don't ask for. But Exactly. But yeah, we were... We were going to, and we saw it, or we were coming back. And saw what? The the farmer's market. Coming back. We were coming back, and we're like, what are all these tents? What's going on? We're like, oh, it's a farmer's market. And they're just, all these little vendors are like, okay, let's go home and get our totes and come back. And Oh, no, we actually parked because uh, I remember we were right there, and we are just like, let's just do it. So I navigated yes, the parking lot. Yes, because I remember because we were I was wearing shorts. Yes. Because I was do doing in, in the gym, which is inside, <laughs> and then we were outside. That's right. So I navigated this tiny parking lot. And I regretted our, it. And our uh, a little bit larger than SUV than you would like in a tiny parking lot, but I nestled in a parking spot just fine. We walk up, and you've got a little coffee truck, and you have a pizza where they're doing like wood fire pizza. You've got a woman who has a bakery. You've got a gluten-free bakery. Oh, my gosh. You have a place that has all types of different with potato salads. I know. Oh, my gosh. It was so was fun dream. talking to all the vendors, too, and the hearing their stories. Lady. There was an ice cream lady who, like, literally before the pandemic, like, had a bunch of dairy cows and decided to start this little ice cream business. And she did the branding for her ice cream trailer and everything, and it was really cute. cute. Very cute little pink I for, what was, ice cream I trailer. I forgot the name of it I think it it's called The Good ice cream company but boy did we we bought quite a few pints we of did and we just it was really fun to support her I, that's what we just love farmers markets they're so same with like the coffee guy who had i think it was nags head coffee and he is english and he was telling us about like his wife and his friend yep. runs the hotel here and so he comes down and he yep. makes these like toasties these like grilled cheese ham and grilled cheese sandwiches out of his little coffee coffee Cart. cart yeah and it was just delightful we yeah it. and it's one of those things where i think when you're in a big city like lisbon you can obviously find farmers markets and you can do that for sure but they don't feel like this one did and this one reminded us a lot of a southern california farmer's absolutely. market absolutely in a place where we used to live called lucadia there was a really nice farmer's market and every sunday we would walk down to it and it was probably like five times the size of this one just because there's so many more people and vendors but this one it just felt like if we lived in kinsale I would love going to it every oh God, Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Yeah, and I think that is probably a good place to wrap up so we can save some of this for next time. But I just, I will say that this leg of our journey has absolutely made me feel so grateful because it was exactly what we wanted when we thought about this trip is yeah. we wanted to find ourselves in these places that we would never have been able to pick out on a map just because it's, it's a small town and there's like thousands of them across the world. Right. Yeah. We'll try and find videos on YouTube about Kinsale. Right. It's like not, there just aren't that many because people don't come here. That absolutely. Much. And so it, it just, it felt it has felt like we have installed ourselves in the local community just for a short amount of time and yeah. really felt what it's like to live here. It was such a breath of fresh air to just be in nature and we enjoyed it so much. Yeah, it's been fantastic. So uh, we'll catch you up next week's episode. We'll share some more Kinsale stories. Yes. Our two big adventures and then some of our favorite restaurants and then that'll probably wrap up our Kinsale stuff. Uh, but it, it has just been lovely. We would highly recommend if you want to just Google it, look at some photos. It is a dream. It's as dreamy as it looks. It's as charming as it looks. And it's just been really fun to be here. So uh, highly recommend it. All right. That wraps up the Pram Bell. Let's get into the, this is the last Embracing You, correct? It sure is, Jason. I checked my notes, which by notes, I mean, asked you. And uh, I'm your notes. I'm kind of excited for this topic because I think when it comes to selling sales, it all feels very icky and it's definitely one of those things where we want as much as we possibly can. And we've done this for years with our coaching and doing this live with people and telling them as much as possible to really try and do this in your own way and not fall into all the traps of like these 
for lack of a better term, online business gurus who want to tell you that like, this is the foolproof way to sell things to people. And a lot of it's manipulation. A lot of it's like a lot of tactics that just don't feel aligned with you. And we want to just challenge that a little bit in this episode. Yeah. And definitely share with you some ways that we have come to selling over time, um, to find our own kind of line between being proud of the thing that you offer because you do have to promote, right, in order for people yeah. to know about what you sell, but not crossing into that territory where it feels manipulative to us and it feels dishonest. Because I'll say my just idea off the top of my head of what it means to be a salesman or a saleswoman or a salesperson, it often feels mixed up in this idea of like tricking someone yeah. to me. It feels manipulative. It feels like, oh, do whatever it takes to close the deal. To You like, also have to have slick hair. Slick hair, obviously. You have to have some type of suit. It's like a multiple piece suit <laughs> and you got to have like a, a laser pointer or some type of like metal pointer and you, on, gotta, you a, gotta like be whacking this, a chalkboard. And you gotta say like sales figures this quarter are... Yeah, this uh, the buy it? low, sell high. And you're just slapping stuff <laughs> or pointing the laser at things. But it's like I want to, especially in this episode, maybe offer a different way to think about selling so that if you are one of those people who feels held back by that stigma... And maybe that's preventing you from actually talking about your offer or feeling confident in your business that you can see there, there are two people who don't view selling that way anymore because we've figured out how to do it for ourselves where it doesn't feel like that. And maybe that can open up the door for you to find what works for you too so that it doesn't feel icky. I also think about this a lot, like looking at a menu at a restaurant and in, in doing sales, you don't have to order every single item off the menu and use every single item on the menu to have a good meal. And, you know, you can pick and choose like, oh, I only want these vegetarian options and they're a lot friendlier. They're all organic. And like, I'm just going to feel better at the end of this meal. And you know, what's funny about that is when you think about it, it's kind of the thing that we talk about a lot on this podcast, which is it's the enough mindset instead of the the more, more, more mindset. So I think something that turns off a lot of people about online marketers who sell is that they use exactly what you just described. They use all the tactics. And why do they do that? Because they believe in optimization and maximum profit. Absolutely. But when you're a business owner who's intentional, maximum profit is not your goal. Like you're constantly balancing profit with this mixture of all these other things, right? Is like doing what feels good to you, uh, connecting with other human beings, doing what's right for your customers. Like you're happy to leave money on the table if it means that you don't have to compromise your integrity. And so that's the thing that what you're describing is You don't have to do all the tactics on the menu. You pick the ones that feel good to you that do feel in integrity. Yeah. And like, that's, that's perfectly fine and feel confident in doing that. And I think the big thing for me is speaking of things that are out of integrity. This just became like a line for me early on is I don't want to prey on people's desperation and I don't want to make promises that I can't keep. And so it's funny. We were just talking about this because I sent you a screenshot from an, from an email that came through. And I really want to name shame who this person is. (laughs) I'm not not going going to, to. I'm not going to, but oof, we're not going to, but I will read to you the first line of this email because I think it's that egregious. I got this email from a marketer and the first line says, You don't have to wake up with anxiety ever again, Caroline. This person is a doctor? (laughs) Hold on. Is this person a neuroscientist? No, no. Okay. But what what is so egregious to me about that, and it's not like this person's outright selling anything. What they're actually selling, they're promoting another person who has a book coming out that's kind of about, I think, not like healing anxiety or something like that. Is that that person a doctor? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But what bums me out is preying on people's desperation and making promises you can't keep. By first of all, making the first line of your email, you don't have to wake up with anxiety ever again. Yeah. Like anyone who deals with anxiety knows that that is a bullshit promise. Yeah. Anxiety is not something that like, if you just tried a little harder yeah. or, or if, if you, you just read this book with tactics, these three steps, yeah. like you would never have to feel anxiety ever again. Like to me, that's such an egregiously false thing to promise someone. Yeah. And what it does is it gets the attention of someone who's at a low point, who is desperate to heal their anxiety, who does not want to wake up with that. And listen, I get it. Like I I get there's a, there's a line between saying like, Hey, have you thought about it this way? Or have you tried these things? But let's not tell people that your book or your course or your product or your offer is going to 
magically make them never have anxiety again. Like it makes me actually angry because people who are less discerning are going to put all of their hopes on that. And when it doesn't work, they're going to think a, something is deeper and wrong with them. Yeah. And, or B, they're just going to feel even lower than they were before. And yeah. I think that that is a line of integrity that I'm not willing to cross. Yeah. And I, I think kind of like, you know, fast forwarding here a little bit to just where we are with Wayman Unlimited specifically, because it's so very top of mind because we're about to open the enrollment as you heard with our sponsor, not to like bring the sponsor up again, but we have found a way to sell this program in a way that does not prey on any uh, buddy's issues. It doesn't use any manipulative tactics. And in fact, we've removed as much agitate the problem, quote unquote, things from our sales page, from our sales emails as possible. And we've really just tried to lead with honesty, with truth, and with trying to let people self-select if our program is right for them. Yeah. And, and what why I'm saying all this is because we have found that that works. And so that's kind of like a, a quote unquote bold move in the beginning because you're like, well, I don't know if people are going to buy. So of course I want to try and use as many tactics as possible because I need to get some sales. I need to make right. money. But what we decided, Which, by the way, if you're in that position, like uh, no shame to you. Like we're not yeah. trying to make you feel bad for that whatsoever. And I think there's something to be said for, we definitely used some of those early on in, in Wayme and our journey. But what we found was after a launch would finish or what, what have you, we just didn't feel it good. It didn't feel good. And yeah. so it started to go, okay, we're making money in this way, but like, is there another way? And again, that's the whole point of this entire series is just, there are other ways. Like the, the only way to sell something is not by using desperation tactics, tactics, agitating problems, highlighting people's, uh, you know, vulnerabilities, and then saying you have a way to fix them. Yeah. That's not the way. Yeah. The line, the only way it's not the only way. So for me, I think the line is in like the difference is it's one thing to, acknowledge a problem. Like, I think that's just good marketing, right? Is saying like, it's a connection point to your audience or your customer by saying like, Hey, like, do you struggle with this? Or like, for example, like people in our audience, the main problem they have is they don't know what to focus on in their business. So they get overwhelmed. Right. That's one thing. The, the thing that I refuse to do is. You're fine. The thing that I refuse to do. The thing that I refuse to do is go that one step further to basically shame that person for feeling that exactly. way and saying like, do you feel overwhelmed and you just can't ever seem to get it right? And yeah. like, you know what I'm You know, like if you're listening the way that that copy, yeah. cause you've spotted it before where it's like, you just can't figure it out. You've tried time and time, like all that stuff. Or the one that I especially dislike is those last call emails that are like, you're going to regret you're gonna, this. You're going to yeah. disappoint yourself by yeah. not believing in yourself enough to buy Oof. into this program. Oof. Like, like actual vomit. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about in this general vicinity is the idea of guarantees and like promises that, promises you, can't that you can't keep and even promises that you think you might be able to keep. But when you actually take a step back, you go, Oh, I, I'm, I'm deliver. I'm trying to deliver something I can't is not realistic. So here's my example. My first course, how to get sponsorships for anything. I basically felt like if you followed all of the advice that I gave in this course, which was like eight hours of content, you would be guaranteed to get a $500 sponsor. So it's like, if you did all the uh, pitching that I talked about, if you found all the sponsors, if you followed up with them, like one of them would be able to pay you your $500 sponsor, whatever it was. And this was a very like short-sighted thing for me and and not realizing again all of my privilege all of my experience like all these different things that i have these advantages and just assuming that everybody else has the same thing that everyone's on the same playing field and and i i realized after i mean it literally took like a year to realize this and just went this is like this is not true (laughs) Like I cannot guarantee this for other people. And also it will make somebody feel crappy if they try and they don't succeed. And like, oh, well, Jason said that I should be able to do this. So now like I feel bad about myself or whatever. And I just think we've really tried to get away from all of that. And mm-hmm. I think if you're writing some copy or you're thinking about selling anything and and you have some type of promises, the way that we've really tried to change this is, well, what are the things that we know we can deliver? Right. So it's like, I, for Wayman Limited as an example, we guarantee you, we promise you, we will show up for live coaching every month. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with a result that you are mm-hmm. going to get as someone who buys from us. It has nothing to do with you actually learning something. And the other thing we're talking about is having one thing to focus on every month. 
again, that is something we can promise. And so I think what we've really tried to do is just shift from these sales tactics, these, these things that are not able to actually happen and to focus on the things we can deliver that we can feel good about. Yeah. Two things there also is, you know, that's not to say you should never talk about the results or the outcome of what someone will get with your, your program or your offer. You absolutely can. It's just be very careful of what you guarantee yeah. or what you promise. And we, we also do share stories from Waymers who have had success, but we also try and highlight, hey, this is just this person's experience. Right. This is not a one size fits all, you're gonna do the exact same thing. It's just sharing so that if you're potentially in the same position as this person, you might see yourself in some of their story and go, oh, that's me. I could get to that point if that's a goal that I have. Yeah, and one thing you touched on there is something that we've done over the years, which is all about embracing us and embracing like what our strengths are is we've just really poured our efforts into making our offer really great so that when it comes time to sell it, we, we can do it more confidently and it does feel less manipulative because you're not trying to trick anyone. And you believe in it. Cause you believe in it. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like, there's this element of like, I know that the shoe is not going to drop, right. right? The other shoe is not going to drop because I know if I say, hey, this program is X, Y, and Z. I can stand behind that because we poured our heart and soul into the content inside of it. I know every coaching session that we you know, spend dozens of hours on is worth it for that person. Yeah. So it becomes so much easier to sit down and write sales emails that I can get behind because every ounce of what I'm saying is truthful. And I think that's another tip for you if you're not someone who you feel like is a natural seller, like it doesn't come that easily for you is I always go back to when in doubt, just tell the truth. Yeah. If you're nervous about saying selling, tell your audience you're nervous about selling. Yeah. If you Be relatable, like, exactly. Like you were just saying, if you don't want to offer guarantees, but you know that all the business people say that you're supposed to offer guarantees, put that on your sales page. Say, I know what I'm supposed to do right here yeah. is to offer you some sort of guarantee. But the way that I'm different is that I know that I can't guarantee that for you. And I want you to learn from someone who is truthful and honest. Yeah. And I, another example that just popped into my mind is like, if you're, let's say you're a watercolor painter and you're trying to teach other people watercolor mm -hmm. painting, you know, the, I think the like manipulative way to sell your course on watercolor painting is like, you will be one of the best watercolor painterists in the world <laughs> by the time you finish taking this course. That's, that's not true. That's not a thing you can do. But what you can tell them is like, I will teach you how to actually use watercolors and brushes and like different papers. And like, you'll have an understanding of how all these mediums work right. so that you can start your artistic journey, your painterist journey mm -hmm. that you're going to be on. And those are two very different outcomes, but one of them is very truthful. And one of them is very like pie in the sky dream that pretty much no one is going to achieve. Right. And so I think you're, you know, one of the things that we try and come back to a lot is time and experimentation is how you also hone that belief and how you figure out what your truth is. Because, you know, four years ago now, when we started Wayne, we didn't know what those things were. We didn't know what we believed in, but we had to keep trying things and keep going through that to find, oh, okay, yeah, it's this like monthly live coaching thing that we're doing, which is like really the thing we believe in and that delivers value to people. And that's what we believe is a good exchange of value for people to sign up for our program. Yeah. I think when I zoom the lens out and I think what's the difference maybe between that sort of sleazy brand of selling that we can all pinpoint in our minds versus something that feels like selling with integrity. And I think one distinction is that that previous idea of selling to me, there feels like there's a power imbalance in that dynamic, right? Is that the person selling is the person kind of in power and they're just like tricking the other person, right? right? That's kind of how it feels. It feels like there's an imbalance there, but with selling with integrity and for us, what we, what we try to always think about is you're on an equal footing with your potential customer. Like you are two human beings. You know, if they buy your offer, that's an exchange of value. That's you promising them this thing that you're delivering and them giving you their hard earned money. And, and I think it would behoove us all to remember that humanity in that transaction. And that's yeah. what helps us sell is like, oh, we're just human beings. Like we're not people who are trying to like, 
get money at all costs and like take something from someone. It's not about taking. Yeah. It's about exchanging. Yeah. And I was telling Caroline right when we were writing notes about this, that like two stories have come up for me in the past 48 hours. So one is I bought this uh, software to help recover files. Uh, I accidentally deleted some files off of an SD card and I was like, oh crap. And I was like, oh, there's gotta be a software that like helps you recover files. Cause I know that they're not always, you know, fully deleted. So I download the software. It it gets despite all of our best wishes for our deleted search history, right? This is Am true. Am I right? This is true. <laughs> I don't uh, even know how to delete my yeah. search history. Uh, so I, I I download this software. I pay for it. You have to pay for it to use it. It wasn't cheap, and it downloads the file. It gets the files, but they're corrupted. I cannot use them. They are unusable. And I'm like, okay, well. It kind of did its job, but like I can't use the files. And it literally took this program like three minutes. Like it's not like I invested hours and the program didn't do hours of work. So I sent an email to their customer service and I said, hey, um, here's a link to these files. You can listen to them yourselves. Like they do not work. And it, this, I just want my money back. Like it's, it's, I appreciate what you tried to build here, but it just the service didn't, it didn't work, work for me. For me. Yeah. So just like I want my money back. I've gone through now like five emails with this company. They will not refund me. Mm. They are doing everything. They send me their refund policy with like all these steps you have to take. And I just keep writing back and I'm like, hi, I am a human being. I had a not good experience with this product. I paid for nothing. Basically. I just want, I appreciate what you've built, yeah. but this thing did not do the thing that I needed it to do. Yeah. You can, you can see how as a human being that I would just, be frustrating. And like what they, the short sightedness, short sightedness of what they don't see in this whole transaction here is now I'm just angry. Now I will never talk positively about this company again. I will never recommend, not that I have like this huge platform I'm trying to say I'm a big deal. I'm just saying this has now killed all word of mouth they would ever have with me as a customer to want to promote their, their product. Now, on the other side of this, there's two things that have happened in the past 48 hours. We had a, a Wandering Infinity member who sent us an email and basically said, I'm going through some financial trouble right now. I really want to honor that I'm paying for Wandering Infinity and like I signed up for it and I committed to paying for the full thing. And, but I'm just having trouble and it's taken me months to like, build up the courage to send this email. And I, I got that email and I just, I felt the humanness in that. And I know that we have been in a similar situation. And I just wrote back and I said, no worries. Like, please, we can cancel your membership because there's no way to pause. We can cancel for now. You can restart when you're ready financially to get back into this. And there's no rush from our side. In fact, I'm not going to like turn off all your access to everything. Just have access to everything. And we're just here to support you in the best way we can. And it's easy for me to do that because it's not costing us any money to just do this good thing for this person. And she wrote back and she was like, I'm completely floored. I've never had anybody treat me like this and buy anything. And this just goes such a long way. And I just, I think about those two experiences side by side and just like, had that other company just gone, yeah, sorry. Like clearly those files didn't work. Here's your money back. Really appreciate you tried it. We wouldn't be here talking about my crappy experience. And I really hope that if you're listening to this and you're running into any like refund policies or customer things or whatever, you just lead with humanity and anything that you're doing. Yeah. And, and it goes for after the sale and it goes for before the sale too. Like when people reach out and they say, Hey, would Wayne be Wayne unlimited? Would it be right for me? Like, here's my circumstances. Most people are asking for that. Like, Hey, reach out to me to see if Wayne's right for you so that they can just say yes to every person. Right. right. It's, it's like a tactic for us. It's like, no, I, like I'm certainly not going to tell someone to hand over their hard earned money. If I actually think that Wayne is wrong for them, like if they haven't started their business yet, or if I think they'll be overwhelmed by all the coaching sessions because they're just too early in their journey, like all these different things. And I think, I think it's like what you said, which is that's not to say we're any type of special people or doing any sort of good in the world. It's just recognizing the humanity. Yeah. It's not dismissing humanity when it comes down to some type of economic transaction, right? Like yeah. it's not making it a transaction. It's making it a human interaction. I just think there's so much short-sightedness too in all of this. Totally. Like in the trying to land every sale with every email you get, it's a short-sightedness to go, well, what is this person actually asking when they're sending this email? You know, are they are they just looking to connect with someone and and know that they want to be a part of this program or buy this thing or whatever, but now's not actually a good time and they want to be seen as a human so that later on when they are in a good place, they'll buy and they'll be so excited, which we've had happen a ton of times. And I just, yeah, I think that there's something about looking a little bit longer term in yeah. these situations and just knowing, listen, I'm not going to make the sale now, but I'm also not trying to make every single sale because I'm living my life with enough and I'm not living my life 
trying to manipulate everybody into every sale possible. Like I just don't need to be there. Yeah. And I do want to say like, these are tactics that we adopted way before we were even profitable with Wayne, you know, like, and I think it's easy for two people to sit here and be like, Oh, we've, we've reached a point with our business where it is making our enough number amount of money. And so then it becomes easier. And I'm not going to lie. Like those decisions do become easier when money is less of a, you know, I have to pay my bills certainly, which is why I never want to shame anyone because like how you earn your money and pay your bills. I'd like is to not shame three people. Three Can people? I shame three people? Specifically. Yes. Rhonda. Just kidding, Rhonda. Oh no, not Rhonda. She's I just great. made that name yeah, up. No, I did. really hope nobody named Rhonda. Uh, as our uh, 25 listeners that we've now gotten Rhonda, up to, if, I've if, not heard from a Rhonda. If, if your there name is, is Rhonda, Rhonda and you're listening, that was a totally made up person, yeah. but now I'm feeling super self-conscious because I will maybe say, you're a listener. So email us and yeah, I will we, apologize. You were speaking Rhonda spelled R-J-Y O N D R A, which is I, you know, I don't think that Rhonda. But if that's you exist, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> no, I was just, you know, the, to wrap that point up. There, the point is, I know that it is easier to make some of these decisions when money is not the most important thing. But I will say, the sooner that you start to create these boundaries for yourself in terms of what you are and aren't going to do in the name of selling in your business the more you're going to attract people who, you know, are great customers because they're aligned with your integrity and it's just good practice so that down the road, you're going to continue to feel really good about the way you're running your business. All right. Last section here we want to talk about is finding a sale selling strategy that feels good to you. Yeah. We, which we've experimented with and we've kind of like gone through different seasons. Cause that's the other thing, right? We're human beings and we change. So a selling strategy or a, you know, way that you're selling your offer might work for a season. And then when something in your life changes, maybe it doesn't work anymore. So for us, you know, for a couple of years, the the precursor to wandering aimfully was your buy our future project. Yeah. Well, buy my future, then buy our future. And you kind of had these big launches yep. with it. Twice uh, a year. Twice a year. Yep. And the thing that we remarked at the time, which is because we didn't have the longer uh, payment, payment plans, plans yeah. which is why it feels so different now. But anyway, at the time, we felt like those two launches every year felt like there was a lot of pressure on these like two selling seasons. And we didn't love how we would get this big influx of revenue. We hated getting all that revenue, you know, (laughs) (laughs) as you were saying, I'm like, Oh, this is going to sound real great. Can we just talk about for a moment, how much we hate getting all of the money, you know, I meant it made it very hard to manage our finances by getting a, all of our revenue at it, one time. Yeah, it's not like we were getting so much money that it was just going to last us forever. It's like it really would only last us like six months of living expenses. And then, right, and then you would kind of go through this like feast or famine yes. mode kind of thing. And so when we started wandering aimfully, we really wanted to experiment with a monthly model so that we would try to get more predictable income. Yeah, and in, a monthly selling model. And a monthly selling model. And yeah. we thought we were, it was so brilliant at the time. And I still think it could have worked, but it's just, we changed. Yeah. But, um, so we would kind of build, we would basically do content for three weeks. Then we'd build up to this little small sales window yeah. to, to welcome new people into the monthly um, program. And then we would go back to creating content. But then it felt like we were selling all, all the, the time, time. Yeah, which we and, didn't love. And and now we've gone back to, we did a full episode on our hybrid launch model that we use now for Wandering Aimfully, which is really just a biannual launch model, but we have a little bit of um, people can buy if they go through our email list. There's a whole episode you can listen to on that. But the whole idea is this grass is always greener concept, right? right? Like when we were doing the first launch model, we thought, oh, it'll be better when we're doing monthly launches. When we're doing the la- monthly launch model, we're like, oh, we need to go back to the... Uh, biannual launches because that's better. And sometimes you just have to go through those changes to experience it firsthand in order to know what what does and doesn't work. Like you all listening know that experimentation is a huge value of ours. And yeah. We just believe that it's the key to finding what works in life and business for you. You have to taste things. You have to try things. You have to evaluate whether it was a good or bad move and then just adjust accordingly and evolve as your life evolves. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we are just trying to highlight over and over again is just because a tactic or a strategy works for someone else doesn't mean it's going to work for you and your business. Totally. And I think all of us have watched plenty of people succeed with a passive income business model, but we're two people who have tried it quite a lot over the years and we have not been able to crack that nut. Right. And I think it's just one of those, that example specifically of 
you want it to work so badly for you, but it just doesn't work for some reason or another. And for us, we just have not been able to make that work. And so we go back to this biannual launch model and it works for us. And we've found the predictability in it that we've been looking for. We found that big pile of money that you want every time that we do. <laughs> but I, what I'm saying is like, that has really worked for us. And now we feel confident in it. And exactly. it really makes us happy to use that model. And speaking of like, going back to the whole overarching theme for the series of embracing you, I think the thing I come back to with both of us is at our core, we're people who like to teach, we're people who like to share information, we're people who like to, you know, share our experiences. If it was up to me, we'd live stream 24 seven, baby. <laughs> and so what we go back to all the time is just leading with value, yeah. creating consistent content like this podcast that leads with value, that offers some bit of wisdom, you know, even if it's through our own lens that, you know, we try to be thoughtful with the things we put out. And we believe that if we do that consistently and we lead with value, not selling all the time, that those two times a year when we do sell um, more intentionally, yep. We believe that that is enough and we don't have to throw all the tactics in the kitchen sink at it. And that has proven to be true. So I hope if anything, that gives you maybe a little bit of solace knowing that you don't have to do all the things. Yeah. And, and I really think that you. we have seen in our time as entrepreneurs that selling gets a lot easier when you remove all the tactics that you don't feel in alignment with. And because then you're going to be confident and you're going to actually exactly. want to sell. Yeah. And, and I, like, I just finished doing this for our upcoming launch. I just finished rewriting all of our sales emails or the ones that we were rewriting. I enjoyed the process, but a couple years ago, I hated writing sales emails because you were trying to follow someone else's exactly. blueprint. And I'm trying to like fit in all this manipulation and, I'm like, and like, Oh, all these I, I got to do this like clickbait type, like subjects yeah. or someone. And now like one of our titles is 66 million years ago is one of our sales <laughs> email titles. And like, is it going to do well? We don't know. That is probably arguably a bad title for a sales <laughs> email. And it's, but it's, to me, I'm like, that's interesting. Like that's right. something fun and that's different. And that's and embracing that's, what we do. And that's embracing you. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that kind of wraps up this series, which is kind of fun to think about that we've wrapped this up. Yeah. And I think I told you our next um, episode might be might be a full travel episode. A full Pramvel? Or kind of like what maybe half travel and sort of like what we've learned about working on the road and yeah. traveling this year. I've learned like a million lessons about myself already. Yeah. And I can't, I always want to share them in the Pramvel, but then I'm like, the travel stuff is more fun. I know. Uh, one thing I'm really looking forward to sharing eventually, and I don't know exactly when we're going to do that, but is an updated travel video on what we packed mm -hmm. and what we're like taking with us because that packing video that we did had its own kind of small viral moment. And I'm excited because there were so many people who left comments, which were great and because helpful. Because you want to be a viral YouTube star now? I really do. And But so many of the comments were like negative that we were packing too much or we were packing like you and you want to jackets. I want to, <laughs> I, I actually, you're right. I do. I want to actually make an entire video that's called, I, I didn't bring too many jackets. <laughs> I wore every single jacket. You wish you, you had one more. You wish you had one more. I needed two more. Exactly. Love so anyway, I, I just think, yeah, these next Versatile couple episodes item. of the podcast might be some some travel related content. And then after we get through our spring enrollment, we'll probably have another series. I think we brainstormed a couple ideas at the beginning of the year. Um, you're shaking your head no at me. We have no <laughs> ideas. So just so you know how things happen here real time, we don't know if we're going to have any content after these next couple of weeks. No. We probably will have nothing, I think. I'm just messing. The I'm podcast will saying. end. Yeah. That's it. It'll just be us doing our... <laughs> our wine and chill <laughs> episodes. You can tell that the wine has run out. All right. That's it for everybody. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate you. We will see you in the next episode. And by see you, I mean be in your earballs. We really enjoy... <laughs> Go ahead. You got it. I got to edit this anyway. Try again. <laughs> I was going to say, we really appreciate you, but it came out, we really enjoy you. I think we do we enjoy really them. Enjoy you. Yeah. All right, maybe I did drink the savvy beer a little faster go. than I thought. Okay, goodbye. <laughs>